On today's episode of Elite Influence Podcast, I'm interviewing Morgan Walls. Morgan is the VP of Sales for Cardone Canada. You can find him on Instagram at Morgan Walls. That's M-O-R-G-A-N Walls, W-A-L-L-S. On LinkedIn at Morgan Walls and on Facebook at M-R-B-W-A-L-L-S. Without further ado, here's the episode. Awesome, guys. So welcome to another episode of Elite Influence. We bring on the baddest people, guys who are doing really, really cool stuff. And we, uh, we share their story. We talk about the lessons, the insights, the mindsets that they developed, the skill sets that they developed to get where they're at. And today I'm bringing on a very special guest, Morgan Walls. He's the director of sales for Cardone Canada. Super excited to have you, my man. Uh, welcome Thanks. to the show. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited for this. Absolutely. Cool. So, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, what I'm realizing with a lot of my guests is, you know, I, I have a bit of a relationship with them where they're at now, but a big thing yeah. I'm finding with a lot of people is I don't actually know like where you came from, man, or, or kind of your journey of, of how you got here. So I'm, I, I'd love to dive into that and, and hear a bit more about, you know, where you're, where you came from. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, prior to this, I was drinking coffee, enjoying that, or you're, you're talking about back in the day though. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, I mean, like kind of my dream to right here was probably that of a lot of people that are in sales and business right now. Like I, you know, kid in high school, like playing sports, grew up in a town called Brantford in Ontario. And, um, you know, when I was actually probably the biggest thing for me is when I was in grade eight or nine, I was trying to figure out like how to talk to girls, funnily enough. So um, this is going to sound super lame, but what happened was I was like, I wonder if there's like a way to do that. And I would start going online, like reading on these forums about like how to talk to people and stuff like that. And um, that kind of led me to the fact that there was all these people that said, hey, screw trying to learn how to do that. Let's talk about how to like make money and learn about business. I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. So I got on all these like books and stuff. I started reading and then my, uh, my track coach, a guy named Mr. Collins, when I was in grade 10, gave me a book uh, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it basically was like there's two paths that people can take in our society right now. So you can take the path of, you know, go to school, get a good job, you know, white picket fence, two and a half kids, all that good stuff. And that was kind of the path that I was going along. And everyone in my environment, that was the path that they were going along. It was very much like, you know, smaller middle-class town mindset, the whole thing, which is fine. I'm doing great. Um, But then I had this other path that talked about like earning money and getting business. I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. So I started reading that, read, uh, like, what was the book? Uh, Think and Grow Rich and, you know, books like that. Well, but, like, I was a kid. I was, like, 16 years old. Had no idea what to do with it. Right. So um, time goes on a little bit longer. And um, th- th- there's this interesting principle that my CEO, Corey, taught me called, who do you listen to? And I'm going to kind of tie that into why I'm here right now. And when I was probably 17, um, my, my buddy Greg and myself were going to go interview for this company in Hamilton called Spring Masters. Okay. And they did door-to-door sales, selling like lawn aeration, um, driveway ceiling, stuff like that. And we had no idea what it was. And uh, I'd never been in a sales position, didn't really, it's kind of like, hey, come work for our marketing thing, we guarantee you money. And uh, you know, there's different ways to get people into kind of a door-to-door realm. Yeah. But we were looking for like summer work between you know school. So, um, we were going to do that. And both of our parents, like his and mine were like, Oh, like it looks kind of like a scam. Don't really do it. And I couldn't really find any real information on it. So we're like, okay, let's not do it. Which probably cost me a lot of money. So another years go by. And then, um, 
my senior year, graduate high school. I didn't have a whole bunch of money, like saved up to go to university, but I really wanted to go for business. Yeah. So instead of going to uh, university, I decided to go to college because that's what I could afford at the time. Okay. And uh, college was fun. You know, played rugby, drank my face off, did very little. Yeah. Yeah. yeah college. Um, yeah. And like, oh, it's not university. Like Canadian college is not as cool as American college. It's oh, like, they're, you know, you're, yeah. you're not because you wanted to be there most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so after four months of that, I dropped out and was like, this isn't really taking me anywhere except probably to the drunk tank. And uh, I moved back home to Brantford and I was like, okay, well, I really want to go to university. So I have to pay for it. And prospects weren't really great for, you know, an 18 year old kid that had no experience other than working in restaurants, um, didn't have a degree, didn't have any formal education. So the kind of the option that really stood out to me was like, go back and work in a restaurant again. Um, I tried to get hired as a server or bartender because I knew I could make more money doing that. But because I had so much kitchen experience, people were like, no, 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 we'll, you know, we'll do the kitchen thing, but not for a server. And I didn't really want to do the kitchen again. And um, I saw an opportunity to go work in a factory. It was like 14 hour shifts. And I'm like, that's probably going to lead me to jump off a bridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a good deal. Have you worked in a factory? I've worked in the oil field, like doing 12, 14 hour days. Oh, and yeah. I was literally like, yeah, I drank my face off every weekend just to forget, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like not, not really a good deal. So, you know, in Brantford too. So like, it's not even like you're getting oil field money. It's just kind of like, you know, 10, 10 12 bucks an hour to do that. So, but I, I saw this, this ad online for a, um, for marketing manager position at a company called Cutco. I'm like, oh, okay. Thing. And I did some research and I found out they sold knives. I'm like, my dad's a cook. I love cooking, uh, you know, knives, factory, whatever. Yeah. So for that, got the job, obviously, because everyone gets the job. Right. Um, what, what I love about groups like that is like you, you go and you sit down. They're like, okay, we've reviewed it. We'd really like you to join. And I'm like, wow, everyone that interviewed today got the opportunity to work here. This is my introduction to like, you know, sales. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's awesome. Um, so I did that for a little while. It was, I was really successful at first because I was excited. And then I got a few rejections, a few situations I didn't know how to handle. And then for the rest of the time I worked there, I was kind of like, you know, a classic up and down. Because I didn't really yeah. know how to – I just knew how to like – like you would literally sit down with the customer in front of you and you like you would read the script and close like 56% of the time with the script in front of you. It like blew my mind. Wow. Oh, that kind of taught me that, yeah, like if you have the right things to say, you can get deals. Right. But it doesn't mean you, you like understand the whole technology of sales. Yeah. So from there, um, my, my manager actually got me in at the time. He was like, Hey dude, you should learn door to door sales so that you can build rapport really quickly with people. I'm like, okay. So fun enough, I went and applied to that. What ended up being the same company, but it was Canadian property stars. Now. Obviously got the job. And my first day of sales, um, my, my dad and my brother were like, Hey dude, like, you know, probably a scam and you know probably not going to do too well blah 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 i'm like go try it nothing else going on yeah uh, so i went in my first day I made like 450 bucks cash in my hand i'm like <laughs> this so i'm like okay i'm gonna go do it again and i and i, I remember walking home and I, and I dropped it on the table i'm like look guys we're like oh good you got lucky and then the second day i won again or no, no, no i came second place my second day but I made like 360 bucks cash. I'm like, Hey, this is real. Yeah. So kind of like kicked off my sales thing. And then, um, I did that off and on through university, um, dropped at university. And then 
medic, we, we used to have these like big road trips. Um, like most other organizations, you have these big road trips you'll go on and they'll send you to a cool story. And uh, you know, you work your ass off for like two weeks or whatever. And, and at the end of this, this big 10 day competition, I met my current CEO named Corey. And he's like, um, he's like, Hey dude, I'll challenge anyone to a push-up competition. And like, you got to realize that we've been, I, I, I used to track it on my phone. We've been averaging like 30 kilometers a day in terms of like movement plus moving equipment. So like you did a push-up competition after was insane, but I'm like, whatever, man. I was like, God, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And we did this thing. He beat me by like five or six, but we kind of connected. And then what was interesting is after that, here's where like, it really changed for me. Um, this is why I, I believe that like finding a mentor like, like yourself or, or whoever is so important. Cause like they can literally shift the direction of, of your life totally. is that um, I was writing my goals afterwards. And one of my coworkers came and started making fun of me. I learned it from thinking growth. like write your goals. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, like, what are you doing? Like writing in your journal, you like a girl and blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of making fun of me from it. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, I'm just writing my goals. Like it's, <laughs> here's what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and Corey was like, ripped the guy apart. He's like, Hey dude, don't you know all the most successful people do this? So he, uh, he connected with me and sent me this audio program that uh, I listened to and I was all about like success and stuff. And then probably about six months later, he's like, Hey dude, come work for this project uh, at West here with, with Talos and Ledcore knocking doors for them. Did that for a few years, the door, went back, sold insurance, and then came back again, did that for a few years doing like B2B sales. Yep. And everything was like super up and down. And that's just like, you know, the, the, the path of my sales career. And it was brutal. Like, I'd be crushing it or I'd be like depths of despair and like right. couldn't really figure out what was going on. So, um, hap, like near probably the last year and a half of that, um, we brought like the product I sell to LedCorp Carter university. And, uh, we had a account rep guy's name was Jordan. And, um, I reached out to him for help. Cause I'm like, Hey dude, I'm trying to figure this thing out. Like you're a stud. I want to learn from you. Um, I have, I have no qualms about letting people know, like, dude, like, you know what you're doing? I really don't. Um, one of the principles that has really helped me is this idea of like, who do you listen to? So like find people that are doing well that we want to do and take data from them. And he's like, yeah, I'll learn how to sell on the phone. I'm like, we can sell on the phone. Like we go, you know, visit the business. He's like, yeah, dude, here's a script, practice it, learn how to sell on the phone. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I remember I was sitting in Kelowna and, uh, I was recording myself and I had the script he sent me and it was a script that they wrote for, uh, for sprint. And I just calling businesses with this script and that week I increased my income by 40%. I'm like, Oh my God, there's a way to do this. Yeah. 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 So, yeah it was crazy, man. So like that got me hooked on, on Grant Cardone on sales. Cause like we had his university and I started going through it every day. And then, um, Corey and, and uh, our CEO Kyle flew down to Miami, met with Grant, offered them to buy the franchise. Cause like we wanted to take what we've learned to other people. And, uh, he invited me to be part of the team. And then yeah, the last three years, I mean, I don't know, probably 50,000 cold calls and demos and presentations, everything from like, like when I started, we were working at a 400 square foot office, like not too much bigger than my home office right now. And we had no windows. Right. right. Yeah. It was, it was crazy, man. But I knew that there was a way to like sell and I knew that the product worked for me. So I wanted to share with other people because like, man, people are looking for answers. Right. Like they're, they're looking for answers they're looking for solutions. And like, if you have something that can help them achieve that, like I know with what you do too, like when someone comes to work for you, like you can show them how to win at this. It doesn't have to be frustrating. Totally. Right. Totally. So, um, so we did that. 
for, for months and like it, it, it sucked man the first while was terrible like you're starting a business like we get to work at like 6 45 in the morning i'm in vancouver so it'd be raining and dark we had no windows and then i'd leave and i wouldn't get home until like 10 30 11 at night and it'd still be raining and dark and i, I literally remember because I, I i was so broke at the time i had to train to and from the office um but i i remember like walking home on this path and there was a couple nights where i literally wasn't sure whether i was going to work or coming back because it just everything looked the same <laughs> it was like get kicked my head kicked out all day and we were calling dealers and some of the hardest people to sell to on the planet like all car, dealer, car dealership is that what you're talking about yeah yeah because these guys get sold by everyone too it's like you know right. their names up they get thousands of sales people that call them daily and um but just kind of stuck in there learned a little bit how to do it learned how to fill a pipeline get people's attention stick in the deal and um Honestly, man, just like that, that's kind of my story, just like persistence. But I had a, I had a couple of really good mentors that showed me that it was possible to, you know, do better and it made sense and it was worth it to do better. And there was like things that you could learn that would allow you to consistently grow your income, grow your production, grow your confidence. And, um, you know, like I'm the director of sales here for Carter Canada now, but like I'm a salesperson, man. It's like, you know, before this call, get just kind of planning my day all week. I'm making cold calls. Like it's just, the, the job is, is selling. Right. And I, I don't think that really changes. So that, that's kind of a long winded answer, but that, yeah, that's a little bit about my story. I've got here right now. No, that's awesome, man. And I, lo I love what you said about, um, you talked about, you take, you had this product that you took in. And I mean, my, my experience with Cardone university, cause I, I first, I think I purchased it. Like actually the, the company I was working for at the time had access to it. They had like a bit, uh, like a, just like they bought like their personal account and they just gave everybody the name. And I remember sitting there and like, well, this is stupid. Like I want my own copy so I can actually like be accountable to whatever. So I spent like three grand or whatever that was to buy the thing. And I remember that summer. So the, the previous year I'd, I'd worked seven months, made 70,000 bucks. And this coming year I made, I made 110 in five and a half months. So I, do I literally doubled my income. I went from 10,000 to $20,000 a month. And it was just, I was just like sitting there and I'm like, what the, f like, this is fucking crazy. And yeah. uh, it, it's funny because Cardone University became this thing that I'm just like, dude, you like check this out, check this out, check this out, and I've you know I've, I've put multiple people on it, and um, I love what you said as well, like, and that's that's kind of really what I've been feeling. You talked about how you know you want it, you want to share something that's really worked for you, and that's yeah. that's kind of one of the biggest things that I've really been feeling this last year or two is whereas now it's like after, and I'm curious if this is your experience because like you know, I've made a lot of money. And then at a certain point, it's like, th there's a fulfillment aspect that comes into it where it's like, you want it, you want to contribute, you want to add value. And I really feel like that's kind of what you guys are doing at Cardone Canada. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. It's just like, because, you know, you, you can only build an organization, a society, culture, whatever, if people are continuing to rise. Right. Right. So it's like, unless you're in one of those roles, like there, there's certain fields where you can definitely just go and do your own deal. Like if you want to be like, you know, the number one lawyer on the planet, or if you want to be like, you know, the top real estate agent or whatever, like if you really want to go hardcore individual production, like you can do that and be successful. But if that's not where you want to do, like <clears throat> not only does it feel good to give back to other people, but like that is literally the only way to continue to grow yeah. and rise is you need competent people that are, are productive. And, you know, when you pour into them and you see them turn that light on and they get that win and they get that success, it's like, you can't buy that. That's not something that can be purchased. 
but everyone makes a lot of money from it. So it's a good thing either way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think it's, it's frustrating me because there's this big stigma and I think especially in Western society against sales, against business, against like network marketing, like all these different like business type platforms. But in, in reality, it's like, like why? Like what, like where actually I'm curious, where do you think that resistance comes from? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we live in an interesting, uh, an interesting society, especially right now. And, you know, my own personal opinion on it is that people are sort of brought up with the understanding that um, if they do certain things, they should be entitled to a certain sort of uh, like lifestyle. Like, you know, if I, if I work super hard in high school and I go to university and get my good job, like, although we know that that's not really workable in today's world, like maybe that worked 30 years ago when the banks were paying you you know, 12% on your, on your, um, savings yeah. 40 years, whatever. Um, although we know that doesn't really work, that's still sort of ingrained in us yeah. and our perception of risk, like our, our perception of what is risky is, I think is really distorted. So people are like, Oh, like sales and, and going off for your own is, is kind of a risky thing. Like what, where are you going to get a real job where the only reason it's risky is because that person doesn't, know and have certainty on how to consistently produce what they need to survive. When I say survive, I don't mean get by, but like to continue to live on and continue to flourish where it, you know, the, the current model is, is looked as safe. And my own point of view on it is that when you've got a whole group of people and they see something as like a safe idea, like, you know, the standard pathway, right? Anything outside of that is not just not safe, but it's, it's kind of dangerous. Right. You know, if we don't like people tend to put down the things that they don't understand. So I could, that could almost go back to that whole concept of like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're with a bunch of people who are middle-class or whatever, you're going to tend to stick there. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I mean, look at all the, uh, this is, I, I think this is not just sales and business, but like, just look at all the, all the differences people tend to have with each other, like cultures, religions, political the whole the whole deal it's like people's ability to like understand the other side typically isn't as high as it really should be and i what i've observed like people people tend to to knock down the thing they don't understand so you know if, if i'm if i'm mr jones and i've grown up with the idea that my company should be providing everything for me uh i should get paid just for showing up to work and there's certain jobs you definitely need to but if i don't understand like how you could go and produce the thing on your own like not only do I not understand it, but I'm going to push it down and not, and like kind of make that wrong. Right. And people, for me, what I've seen is people tend to make the thing that they can't do themselves. They make it wrong. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, why would you do sales? Like, that's bad. It's like, that has nothing to do with me. That's, that's them being like, I don't understand how that would work. I'd love to, but you know, I'm going to make that wrong. Absolutely. Man. So what, what, what made you different, man? Cause I had, I actually had a similar experience that you talked about in high school, you read rich dad, poor dad. And I, I read it in grade 12 and that, the same thing, that book just like, I'm like, Holy fuck. Like this is, this is something that's real. So like yeah. what, what made you like, but there's other, I know there's other people who read the same book and like they maybe didn't have the, or they see the book and they're like, ah, not for me. Like what made you different? Uh, that's a good question. Actually. My, my first thought would be that I was okay with like being different. Like when I grew up, like I, I had a hard time fitting in, yeah. um, you know, had, I wouldn't say like a super rough childhood, but like a lot of um, turbulence, you know, growing up. So I was already kind of used to things being chaotic and crazy. 
so like like for me childhood was not like a stable thing at all like not not at all so like when i read that i was like oh okay well like i wasn't averse to trying it because i it's not like i was coming from like some stable position i, I was already used to chaos and right say and you know going on your own in business the whole thing it seemed kind of chaotic so it sort of lent itself to what i was already used to and the idea that like you know you can get as far as your own ability to produce made sense to me because the one thing that i was actually really good at was sports growing up and that was like if you were and i, and I did individual sports too i did like track and stuff like that um and that's kind of dependent on your like your own hard work so i'm like okay well this sort of mirrors that is what i found and i'm okay with stepping away from what's accepted by my whole group because I don't really feel like I fit into the group anyways. It's not like this, you know, sacred pillar for me. Like I know, I know people growing up that were interested in it, but the idea of, of like not following this, the, the, the path that was set out for them would have been so unreal to them because it's what everyone else did yeah. and they let people down. I didn't have that. I didn't really care. Right. Right. I was like, okay, well I'm used to kind of being not a loner, but you know, sort of, doing my own deal anyways. So I think that's for me, like kind of what made a difference. And, um, you know, I, I, I have always kind of wanted to try and figure things out. Like, you know, for, for me, I, I, I don't know. Some, at some point I kind of realized that like things should be able to be figured out. Like we figured out how to put people on the moon. We figured out how to take pictures of like the entire solar system. We figured out how to edit people's genes in like their DNA. Yeah. Um, dude, we're, we're sitting across the country having a live conversation right now. Like we figured all this stuff out. So yeah. to me, the idea that like, like being able to figure out how to make money and do business, like there should be a solution for that. So um, I was always a reader and that kind of inspired my imagination. And I was always kind of a nerd and I, I just kind of saw that like people figure things out. So I was like, okay, well this should be figure outable. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's funny how many, uh, I feel like there's so many parallels between your life and mine, like very similar upbringings, very similar like experiences, like, you know, sports, the rich dad, poor dad, not really fitting in. Like, it's just, it's just funny hearing the parallels. And I remember specifically having an experience where um, at one point it, it, you know, you talked about everything being figure outable. And I remember this one kind of experience or not experience, but this, this time frame where I was just looking around and it seemed like everything was just like, this is just the way it is. Like, this is the institution. This is the, like, there was some greater force than me that was really, yeah. sad. this is how life is. And I have to just operate within the confines of that. And I remember going through this process, kind of similar thing where I was like, well, is this true? You know? And like, I, yeah. uh, I had this religion teacher in grade 11 who, um, started teaching us, like she, she gave us like, uh, Plato's Republic and like started teaching us about Buddhism and that, that really started allowing me to kind of like, like look outside and be like, okay, well maybe this isn't like all there is. Right. Yeah. So where now I had another question for you. Like, do you think, do you think entrepreneurs are made or born? I think they're honestly, my, my real answer is, is both. Um, I, I would say they're like, there's definitely people that, you know, they're born and they, they sort of have that spark. Like you, you can't ignore that. You know, the kid that's eight years old builds his own lemonade stand, 12 years old, figures out how to, hire other people to do the paper route for him. I, I think there's people that definitely have like an inclination for it. where that comes from. I have no idea, right. but I also definitely people that are like, Hey, there's gotta be a better way. Okay. Like, 
that, that just sort of look around and say, there's got to be a better way. I, I 100% believe that everything can be learned. And, you know, it's an, there's definitely different, like you could have a different aptitude for it. Like I, I'm for sure not going to be in the NBA. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, that being said though, I could learn to be a really good basketball player. But some people are like just freaking born for it. Like Michael Jordan, you got massive amounts of talent, a ridiculous amount of hard work, dedication, and focus over a long period of time. So it's kind of like both. So uh, yeah, I think I think made and born. But the elite level ones are the ones that take whatever they have and they focus on that one thing and they get better over time. I, I think the idea that like someone gets to massive wealth success um, whether they were made or born isn't really real unless there's consistency over an immense span of time. Right. That's fair. And I, I, I think that answer spot on where, where, so with that, cause obviously, I mean, you've been working on sales for years and years and years. So like, where do you see yourself being five years down the line? Five years. Yeah. What I want to be doing five years from now is I want to be the president of my current company. Okay. So, I work for like our, our companies yesterday, if you can see my t-shirt here, which is Young Entrepreneur Sales Academy. Yeah. And um, we have multiple businesses within our group. So I work in the Grant Cardone division. I, that's what I run. But we have a, a more global mission where our, our full intention is to create the largest rise of professionals that are successful ever in history. So I really love our mission, our brand. That's why like I've, I've followed my CEO through three different companies over the last six, seven years. Right. And I, I, I'd love to be the one to run it kind of on a global playing field because like, I just know what it's done for me. And I know that, and as you know, this too, the more people that are productive, ethical, that are earning great income, paying taxes, you know, like getting involved in their communities, their churches, politics, like the more people that are doing things that are also helping to run the group, like the, the country, society, whatever, the better life is going to be for every, everyone. Cause it's like, I remember reading, um, have you ever read uh, Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged? I haven't read it. I think I have a copy of it somewhere, but I haven't read really? it yet. Unbelievable book. Okay. But it talks about, like, basically the, the world is run on, you know, the few people that are literally just producing and moving things forward. And I want to be someone that is helping a mass amount of people push things forward. I can tell oh. something you're, you're, you're really, you're really passionate about like that mission, like really speaks to your soul almost. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, the other thing too is like, you know, I want money and wealth and get rich and everything like that, like definitely hundred percent. But I, I think the thing that drives me is that. And also just like, honestly, in five years, man, I just want to be playing a bigger game. Like for me, it's fun. Like it's yeah. it, like, how is what we do? Not just like playing Xbox. Like you wake up in the morning you get your headset on, you, you talk to me long, you know, and, and then uh, you get points. <laughs> you know, you reset and go to the next chapter. And as you get better, you kind of level up. I, I stole that analogy from, uh, from Steve Spray, but it's, he's out of our Miami office, but it, it's so true. It's like, I like playing the game. So in five years, I just, I want another. I've always, uh, I was a big RuneScape guy. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, game. Did you play it <laughs> oh dude. Yeah. I, I played the hell out of RuneScape, man. So many hours on RuneScape, bro. And I've, I've always, I've always had the analogy of life at like life is like RuneScape. Like you go, you level up, like you're, 
you know, your, your athleticism or your sales skills or your marketing skills, like everything's just a skill, man is, is totally cool. Cause I mean, as you, as you level up these things, like you said, you get access to higher and higher and higher levels and more and more things you can do. And it's just yeah. so fascinating, man. I think, I think, um, you know, it's just, it's just unfortunate to me that a lot of people just get stuck in this, like, this is the way life is. And they just get stuck in like a job and they do the same thing for, you know, 20, 30 years. And it's, it's really upsetting to me. And I'm, yeah. uh, I'm really inspired by that mission you have dude, as well. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's fun. And, uh, the cool thing too, is like with sales and business, like, you, you know, your score. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no way around it. Yeah. You, get to see your score at the end of every day, every week, every month. And I think that's why it's also hard for a lot of people is because it's a lot to confront that your reality, your world, your life is your creation. Like that's, it's not something that people can kind of like, they can't have that easily, which makes sense because there's very few places that, you know, someone spends a lot of time where they're like, Hey, everything you experience is your responsibility. Yeah. And, um, in sales, there's no way around that. And even if you blame other conditions, like this whole, you know, pandemic deal that's going on right now, like, yeah, it's brutal, but there's a lot of people that are having massive success right now. hundred percent. You know, like y you can respond to something and you can say, Hey, I'm going to use this to my advantage, or I'm going to figure out how to take action and figure out how to succeed despite it and level up. Or you can say, Hey, I've got the biggest reason on the world to, to not do well. And I'm going to blame that. But like the, the, assigning the blame to anything um doesn't really allow you to you know get the score you're looking for i think that's one of the hardest things for people to do is is take responsibility man i mean so many people it's just like the first thing they do is just blame blame outside circumstances and, and again like you said that you can look at i think there's really two types of people in this pandemic is people who are taking advantage of it you know even if they're laid off it's like okay well i can take advantage of this and, and learn a new skill you know yeah. Or, you know, you have the other people who are just, ah, I'm just going to sit on the couch, drink my ass off or whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's uh, you know, and, and, hey, that's what you want to do. Great. You know, in, in fact, I hope more of my competitors take that route, you know, <laughs> give me a grab the small market share. I'm good with that. <laughs> so what's, what's one thing Morgan's passionate about, about uh, outside of sales? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, a bunch. But I'd say, like, for me, it's just learning. Okay. I'm learning and just like improving my own awareness of what's real, reading, studying. Like I, I spend a lot of time reading and studying. Like I've got a, a whole bookshelf beside me. It's actually funny. So when I did door-to-door -door sales, um, I moved like 13 times over the course of a couple of years because we would just go like from community to community. It was always right after you bought like three weeks worth of groceries. And then they call you up and be like, hey, by the way, it's time to open. Yeah. So it's like, but the one thing I always brought with me, I had this ugly suitcase that my grandmother gave me. It was, it was huge, dude. It was like, it's like half my height. I'm six one, So it's probably more than that. And uh, I, it was full of books and I would always bring it with me. And it was, I had so many friends that were like, yo, dude, like just get a Kindle. And I'm like, yeah, but I love the feeling of a book. So, uh, but like reading and, and learning. And, um, you know, I really like actually understanding people. Like, I'm really glad you invited me to do this because it, it, it's cool when you get to dig and just like understand someone else's model of the world and what's real and how they think, because like what's real to me and what's real to you and anyone that's watching us are all completely different things. Yeah. And 
I feel like if you can ex- like if you can expand your ability to have and understand other people's realities, like that broadens your scope. Like, you know, if I'm looking at, if I look at this, you see, you know, little pinchy thing there, yeah. but I see flippy thing there. It's yeah. kind of a, but it's like that with everything. Like we all see different angles to things, but by reading and learning, you, you kind of get to see like other people's viewpoints on a same thing, which improves your own understanding of it. So that, that's probably one of the, that's probably like my biggest, uh, probably my biggest passion inside of sales. I love that. What are, what are, what are five books you recommend that anybody has to read? Oh man. Uh, seller be sold. I mean, all, all the grants books would take up like five. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll put grants books in one, one, <laughs> the, the one thing, all the grants books. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say OG Mandino's the greatest salesman in the world. Cool book. Um, it, it's basically like, he's got these different principles in it and you read one chapter. The chapters are like three or four pages every day for 30 days at a time. So the, the book's designed to take like 11 months. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine now and it's been great so far. So that's really you good. You're five, five months in you said? Yeah. Five months in. Five, cool. Yeah. Cool. So doing that every day. Um, oh man. The, the, the law of success in 16 lessons, Napoleon Hill, old school book okay. from like, 20s just just like you know sort of breaks down sales and he was one of the first guys to really you know promote this whole idea of like personal development and you know learning about sales and business um oh man there's so many to choose from i would say oh geez man you're asking me a a tough spot huh (laughs) yeah Cause there's, there's so many that are, uh, that are really good. Oh, um, the, uh, oh man, what's it called? Um, the Hobbit. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. The Hobbit by, uh, old Tolkien, Tolkien. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but the guy that wrote. Yeah. For me, I read that book when I was young, but that was one of the things that like inspired my sense of, uh, adventure. Cool. And just overcoming challenges. So that was a really good one. Um, there's a book actually called pilot Jack Knight. It's about the pilots that flew the U S airmail in like 1920s. And, uh, it's a story about a guy that he was young. He went to flight school for the U S military, um, during world war one. And he was really good, but, and he really wanted to go fight in the war, but it's, he was so good that they made him an instructor instead. Interesting. And then, I, I read that book, like, dude, I was probably like, 10 or 11 when I read that book, but I probably read it five times. It's a, just an unbelievable story. So I'd recommend that. And then Ayn Rand's uh, Atlas Shrugged. Cool. Because that book is just about like the, the, the people that move the economic engine of the planet. And it also talks a lot about the people that appear to be doing things to like help people for good, but are actually evil as hell and do nothing but destroy under false pretenses right you know it's a person that would like smile and be like yeah we definitely want to help you and then like you, you kind of leave and you feel kind of funny and you realize that there's like this poison dart in your back and you're like, how would i get that poison dart yeah. so I, I think that's a really good book because i mean she's a philosopher as well so it's not just a novel but it's honestly reading that book right now with like 
the, the current state of the planet, it's, it's, it's interesting. It, it makes you kind of think. So I'd say, I think that's five. We've got Grant's books, which is like five. Yeah. Um, yeah, The Greatest Salesman in the World, The Hobbit. You actually gave me six. Uh, Law of Success in 16 Lessons, Pilot Jack Knight, and Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, yeah, those are, those are some good ones. I, I get data from a lot of different places. That's why it's hard to like, I wasn't sure if it was like sales or business books, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I find like, this is why I love reading because like you can take something from one place and then it sparks you to think about some other idea and then they all kind of combine into this like, weird mesh of like wow that was that's cool i love it yeah cool, man. you can tell i'm excited about this kind of stuff <laughs> yeah no it's great dude i i love it and it's it, to me it's so fascinating and i you know maybe relate we'll, we'll we'll i think we'll we'll get to the end of the podcast here but you know relating back to what you said earlier about um you know we talked about sales people being on or, or entrepreneurs being made or born and uh I, I think it really goes back to you know again natural kind of inclinations and i think this is something you've just always been naturally inclined towards and it's cool now because you have this avenue where you can just kind of like perpetuate that and build it higher and higher levels and and um yeah man i, th I think that's one of the the greatest gifts anybody can really do or, or give anybody is give them the ability to take what they're naturally kind of inclined at or inclined at doing and, and just adding to it adding to it and adding to it and obviously you you guys at cardone canada are really really doing that so thanks man appreciate cool. that okay yeah. well uh anything else you want to anything else you want to say or share or talk about yeah. Um, you, you, actually, it's funny. You made me think about this, and th this might seem totally off, off topic, but I think it, I think it'll relate. This is probably going to be one of the weirdest podcast episodes you've had. Just like we, we just like slid off the off the apparent topic, but I think it's still relevant. Um, being forced to have to figure things out is probably the like the the, the single spark or impulse that made me pursue this. And I'll, and I'll share the story. Um, and why I think like having to figure things out is so key, like for yourself to like figure out what is the answer, where can I get the data? When I was like six or seven, uh, my, my dad bought me, or my parents bought me an N64 for Christmas. And I played this game called The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Unbelievable game, like okay. probably one of my games. But the problem was in 1990s, everything wasn't voice acted. Like if you play a game right now, you know, they talk to you, you can hear it, but then you had to read it. Okay. And sitting there playing this game and I'd keep going to my, my parents would be like, Hey, can you read what this says? And they're like, no, we're, we're busy, you know, doing whatever parents do. So I had to learn how to, like, I had to learn how to read, um, by playing this video game. Like I just had to figure it out. And, um, I think that was probably one of the biggest turning points for me because it forced me to like learn how to do something and maybe realize that, from a really young age, so like other people weren't just going to do it for me. Yeah. So there was something you said that made me think about that, but I, yeah, I'd love to end with that because like right now, you know, people are losing their mind all across the planet. People are trying to figure things out. But like, if you can put yourself in a position where you say, Hey, you know what? Let me figure this thing out. The, um, Maria, Maria, Bar, I don't know how to pronounce that. A woman that spoke at our, our recent growth con, she said, her, her whole thing is everything is figureoutable. Forleo. Yeah, what's that? Marie Forleo. Forleo, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, she, she, great speaker. She had an awesome story. But I, I love that line because, you know, the way we learn is we, we smash up its things. There's some confusion. There's some chaos. There's some blow off. And then we kind of retreat with that lesson. And then if we just keep smashing back into it, you know, we, you get that lesson. It's just like in, in sales, like 
you, you knock on enough doors, you hear the same thing again and again and again. You're like, okay, I keep hearing the same thing, so it's probably going to persist. If I say one thing different and you say that one thing different and you get a little bit further and then you get hit in the face again and you're like, I'm going to say one more thing different. And it's like, that applies to everything. So, you know, I, I guess if there was a message to end it off with, it'd be like, you know, just be okay and be willing to like keep smashing into things. Cause like our minds are wired to figure things out. Like if you keep smashing into the thing, you're generally trying to succeed. I, I generally believe like your mind will literally let you see whatever pattern there is to see um, so that you can kind of figure out that answer and everything, you know, everything can be handled. So that, that, that'd be my last, uh, my last thing. I love that. Thanks so much for joining Morgan. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. this was a lot of fun and I, I know you're bringing a ton of value to your, uh, your guests. So I'm excited to see some of your episodes now. Oh yeah, man. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. I'll talk to you later soon. Sounds good. Thanks, brother. Okay, ciao.